Kyler Murray speaks, and it's good news for Cardinals fans. Patrick Peterson speaks, rarely good news for Cardinals fans. And we're going to do a deeper dive into Zion Johnson as the player in person with somebody who knows about him a lot more than I do. Locked on Cardinals Friday edition. Here we go. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in. Locked On Cardinals. I'm your host, Alex Clancy. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast. Locked On AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, man, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Free and available on all platforms. You can also check me out on Thursday's Locked On NFL National Show. My co-host, Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. We always have fun talking about the national stories as well. You know, uh, whenever Patrick Peterson talks, it's fun to discuss. Usually, it's with some sort of slight towards the Arizona Cardinals. Whenever Kyler Murray says he's going to want to win Super Bowls in Arizona, that's good too. We're going to hit both of those. Kyler Murray in the second segment of what the Cardinals should do between now and the draft and uh, and afterwards regarding their uh, franchise quarterback. And then Mitch Wolf is going to join me. This guy, he's a writer and scouting analyst for BC Bulletin and Around the Block, and he's host of uh, Around the Berg and Fired Up NFL Draft Podcast. We're going to do a deeper dive into Zion Johnson. And I'm going to convince every single person that listens to this podcast right now that Zion Johnson is the best choice for the Cardinals in 23 overall. First, so Brian McFadden and Patrick Peterson do a podcast, do all things covered podcast. Okay. Um, great content. Uh, and, you know, Patrick Peterson, ever since he's, he was not re-signed by the Cardinals, once that offseason started at the end of two seasons ago, you know, it, it was it, it's been great fodder for us. P three was born, Petty Patrick Peterson, um, and he was back at it with his old tricks. And uh, Chase Edmonds, former Arizona Cardinals running back, joined them for this podcast. The quote from Patrick Peterson was, "Quote: No disrespect to the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like they don't put the team in a position to be successful year after year. And Kyler Murray's not going to sit around and wait for that." Um. The first part is kind of funny to me. No disrespect to the Arizona Cardinals. It's like Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights. With all due respect, you you can't say whatever you want after that just because you say with all due respect or no disrespect to the Cardinals. You know, that's kind of ridiculous. Um, He's partially right. And the way that he brought it home wasn't so right. So let, let's just break this down really quickly. And I'm, I'm not going to expound upon this too much, but he says, I don't feel they put the team in a position to be successful year after year. That's not an untrue statement. Look at the history. Okay. It's not necessarily fair, but you know, it's not an untrue. It's not, it's, it's not a lie. And, and from, from what we've seen from the Arizona Cardinals over the history of their existence. Now, the second part is, and Kyler Murray's not going to sit around and wait for that. When he said this, it makes you think. 
especially because Chase is one of Kyler's good friends. They, he came on and he said some things as well about the organization. We're seeing a lot of this from former Arizona Cardinals players. And this could be because the Cardinals didn't want to pay him. And they were felt slighted by that because they, they've done enough for the organization for them to pay. And they want to stay and play for the Cardinals, live in Arizona, et cetera. And because they have to go elsewhere, you know, and it, it, maybe there's some slight just for, you know, um, an ex-player scorned in some capacity. Or everybody that leaves and talks bad about the Cardinals has a gripe about the front office and how the, the team is run. Now, I don't know what that is, which side of that Patrick Peterson sides with. But ever since he's left, I didn't feel respected. I didn't feel blah, blah, blah. I didn't feel blah, blah, blah. You know, once you test positive for PEDs and request a trade one and a half times, you don't really have a whole lot to stand on. Uh, but, you know, before what came out from Kyler Murray yesterday afternoon, there was some weight in this where it's like, man, it made a pro football talk. It made national rounds. Like, is Kyler going to want out? I've been texting with people. We don't know. Like up until what I'll talk about in the second segment happened yesterday afternoon, there was speculation. Like, listen, with how crazy the NFL is nowadays, players moving, players getting traded. Tyreek Hill isn't on the chiefs anymore. Like the NFL is changing. So if you were to tell me three weeks from now that, the Cardinals are trading Kyler Murray. It's like, I mean, aside from if you think it's a good idea or not, would you be completely shocked? Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed in his new contract with the Browns while having civil suits and everything on the side. Like, we've hit Looney Tune land. And obviously not comparing the Deshaun Watson story to anything else in the NFL. I'm taking it at pure football face value. Would you be absolutely shocked? Not really. So that's just kind of where we are. You got to be fluid. You have to think outside the box. We don't know what the Cardinals team is going to look like in 2022. But what we do know from a quote tweet made by Kyler Murray from the same post from that All Things Covered podcast, he wants to stay in LA and win Super He wants to stay in Arizona and win Super Bowls. I'll talk about that next Locked on Cardinals First, there's something very important to talk to you about. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something that you don't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection of every pair. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Okay, plus... 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. And here's an exclusive for our listeners here. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. And also, wouldn't be a Locked On Cardinals podcast without talking about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, 
where the game starts. Second segment, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. We've got a Zion Johnson introspection in the third segment with Mitch Wolf. He's going to tell us everything we need to know about the star interior offensive lineman from Boston College. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. The NFL draft is here, and fans are dying to know what their, who their team will take. Locked On and Odyssey prevent the ultimate NFL mock draft 2022. It's the biggest mock draft on the planet, featuring 70 Locked On local experts, including me, and Odyssey NFL insiders, including Michael Irvin and Jason Lockenfora, over six monster episodes. The ultimate NFL mock draft is available now on the Locked On NFL podcast on Odyssey and wherever you get your podcast. Kyler Murray, via his Twitter account, said, I want to win Super Bowls with the Cardinals. AZ is home. Book it. What does this mean? Pay him. Tomorrow? Sure. Two days from then? Maybe. Pay him as quickly as humanly possible because what you want to do is take this olive branch that Kyler Murray has reached out and said via via his Twitter page, you know, Twitter. Pay him. If it's $40 million a year, pay him. You're going to have to pay him at some point. Pay him. He wants to stay here. He doesn't want to go. Pay him. This will add stability in a very uncertain time for this organization with how the last two seasons ended. Yes, great starts. Things that, you know, you'd hope would withstand the rigors of an entire 17-game season. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins got hurt last year. Yes, J.J. Watt got hurt last year. Yes, the Cardinals didn't play so well towards the tail end of the season. But what we've seen from Kyler Murray are the oh-my-God moments that make superstar quarterbacks. Is he a superstar yet? No. Is he one of the top three quarterbacks in the league? No. But 25 other teams would trade for him today. Rip up the rookie-scale contract. I don't care if it's I, – I don't care what's been done in the past. I don't care if it's normally done after the draft. I Do it now. We're less than a week away from the draft. You want to add stability. You want to make waves. You want to show that Kyler Murray's your quarterback of the future. Do it now. What are you waiting for? You're going to save money, Steve Kyman, Michael Bidwell, if you do it now. If you wait until the end of this season, you're going to cost yourself money. And you're going to you're going to have that looming over the organization. The fact that Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime both got contract extensions, and even though the rookie scale contract is not up for Kyler Murray. Doesn't mean that Kyler shouldn't have a new deal already, in my opinion. Is he not the normal stature of, of, a, of a quarterback? Sure. Has he been hobbled the last two seasons? It's football. It's football. People are going to get injured. You hope that nobody ever in the history of sports starting now gets injured. You never wish injury upon anybody unless you're a terrible human being. What Kyler Murray has shown is it is an exemplary skill set that may not be run of the mill, and that's a good thing. He's got a cannon, okay? He's getting better every year. And just because we don't see a rah-rah Peyton Manning, Tom Brady quarterback, Russell Wilson leadership uh, from this quarterback does not mean that Kyler Murray is not a leader. Does he have some growing up to do? Maybe. 
Is he a finished product? Absolutely not. But if you've watched Kyler Murray, week one, 2019, Cliff Kingsbury was quoted as saying he thought he could get fired at halftime because of how poorly the Cardinals played. In the second half, Kyler brings him back from three scores, sends it to overtime, and is a Tremaine Brock drop interception with a ball off his chest plate on the Lions side of the field away from winning his first game as an NFL starter after being down three scores earlier in the game. That's inside Kyler Murray, and we saw it right away. We saw it right away. He is a human being who is getting better day by day. This is the natural progression of things. There are players that are jumped to the front of the line that do it faster. That doesn't mean his growth isn't natural and directly on par with where it should be. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Steve Kime, pay him. Michael Bidwell, pay him before the draft. Giddy up. Giddy up. He wants to win Super Bowls here. Show him that you des- that that show him what he deserves. And he deserves $40 million a year. That's where we are in the NFL nowadays. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Coming up next, Mitch Wolf. Dude, I listen. You know that if you've been listening to this podcast or watching this podcast on YouTube, thank you for subscribing, that Zion Johnson, the standout guard from Boston College, is my guy at 23 overall, a guy that knows much more about him than I do. Mitch Wolf, writer and scouting analyst for BC Bolton and Around the Block, is going to join me momentarily to talk about all things Zion Johnson. That's next, Locked On Cardinals. First, Built Bar. Um, it's getting kind of weird because I talk so infatuatedly about Built Bar. Um, but I, listen, I don't like eating breakfast. I don't like spending 45 minutes cooking and cleaning breakfast. If I want coffee in the morning and I want something that's five bites and tastes good, Built Bar is where I go to. They're all covered in chocolate, all right? They're covered in chocolate and they've only got four grams of sugar. I don't know how they do it. Some wizardry, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, high fiber, low calorie. They don't taste like you're eating, you know, the side of a tree or, you know, a a grease board. These things actually taste good. They're six bites and you get all the protein you need in, you know, five minutes where you just ingest it into your body. They've got protein infused marshmallow. They're puffs. Those are chocolate covered. 17 grams of protein. Same thing. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Final segment, Locked on Cardinals. Again, thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. I am Alex Clancy. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Steve Kime, pay Kyler Murray. He wants to win Super Bowls here. What the hell are you waiting for? If for anybody that's listened to me so far, knows that Zion Johnson's my guy at 23 overall. Why? A wide receiver can't protect Kyler Murray. He can't. He doesn't line up, you know, around the ball to protect Kyler Murray when the ball is snapped. You know who does? Zion Johnson. You know who's going to be an absolute game changer, world beater, week one of his rookie year? Zion Johnson. There's a guy that knows a little bit more about him than I do. I'm going to bring him in right now. Mitch Wolf, dude, thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, 
you know, you live and breathe BC sports writing and scouting analyst for BC Bulletin around the block, uh, host of the Around the Berg and Fired Up NFL Draft podcast. First of all, thanks for joining me, dude. I really appreciate it. No problem. Happy to be on. Always excited to talk to anybody about Zion Johnson and preach his gospel. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I preach the gospel of Kyler Murray here. We can talk about Kyler Murray in a minute. Listen, Zion Johnson is a big young man who is exemplary at his craft. And there, there are guys, and we've seen this around, you know, the Cardinals where they'll draft offensive linemen in the later rounds, hoping to develop and then be able to eventually start one day. Josh Jones, third round pick uh, last year and hasn't really panned out. Um, they'll draft guys in the sixth round. Jonathan Cooper was a guy they drafted a handful of years ago, ended up having a compound fracture and never really made it back from it. Is Zion Johnson a plug-and-play starter week one, or is he going to need to develop a little bit once he gets to the NFL level? He's absolutely the former, and I think that's why he's so attractive as a prospect because he is a immediate starter. He can come into almost any scheme and be a – immediate above average to good starter you know and i think long term he's going to be a consistent you know possible pro bowler guy you know he's going to be right on that you know point of like okay he'll make pro bowl maybe like every other year but i think that he's gonna be able to come in and succeed right away and for me i, I value drafting offensive linemen earlier very highly because i think you tend to miss on them a lot when you draft them later because they do have those flaws. They have technical issues. They have athletic issues. And when you draft guys earlier, they don't. And I'm it's interesting that you brought up Jonathan Cooper because if you look at the recent examples of guards drafted in the first round, there are 13 of them. And I would say there are four busts, and one of them was Jonathan Cooper. And, you know, injuries kind of, you know, muddy the waters there a bit. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, there are four that missed. But that means there are nine that hit or, you know, or varying degrees of hitting like one would be Quentin Nelson. Another would be a guy like, you know, Kyle long, who was very good for a good amount of time, but you know, he's kind of been up and down mostly due to injuries as well. So when you draft guards in the first round, you know, you're expecting them to be very good players and you're, you're maybe not expecting them to be the greatest high upside players like Quentin Nelson, but you're looking for starters. You're looking for guys that are going to come in your lineup and play immediately and be contributors that help elevate your offense a lot of people say like the better your offensive line is the higher the floor of your offense is it might not elevate your ceiling but it's going to make sure you're at least you know a certain level of competent and i think that's exactly what zion johnson can do uh mitchell t wolf on twitter mitch wolf joining me here talking about zion johnson i want to talk about him the person um because you know i, I watched uh his interview on good morning football mm -hmm. and the guy i mean just he's just a smart young man and he happens to be 6 3 3 15 you know when you have a guy, I'm going to talk about him as a person in a second. Like, just expounding upon what you're saying, having an all-pro center like Rodney Hudson mm -hmm. to be right up against and be bookended with DJ Humphreys, who, you know, the Cardinals signed him to a three-year, $30 million deal and ended up being one of the better contracts that Steve Kime put out. When If you can sandwich him in the middle of those two guys, it would kind of be more like training wheels than in other situations where it's like Rodney Hudson's going to cover. He, he's going to cover your gap a little bit more as you're starting to learn the NFL pace and speed. And on top of all of this, I've said, and I'll continue to say, the best offensive lineman the Arizona Cardinals have is Kyler Murray's legs. It makes it easier for offensive linemen when you have a guy like Kyler Murray who's so elusive when he needs to jump out of the pocket. Now, his spin move has kind of been um, figured out. The Tony Romo-ness, uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve Young-ness has been figured out. But I feel like when you're, if you can draft him and put him next to a guy like Rodney Hudson, I mean, how much, 
how much impact on an island do you think he can have right away? Or, or do you think that, like, with the veteran help of an all-pro guy, if the Cardinals were to draft him, would that be paramount? Or do you think he can hold his own right away, you know, I, taking first snaps? I think if he went into a situation where he was kind of on his own, you know, between two league average linemen or, uh, you know, two younger players, I think he'd be fine, honestly. Like, he has we can talk about this a little more when we go into the person inch, like his background, but he's played in a lot of different schemes. He came up from playing uh division two football and came to BC and basically started playing immediately. So like, I don't think that would be too tough, too high of a hill to climb for him. But I think that, you know, coming in with Rodney Hudson is obviously a, a major boon for him. You know, I think that a lot of people say like, Oh, Zion Johnson can play center and he's never actually played center in a real game. But you know, learning next to Rodney Hudson, you know, maybe when Hudson retires in a few seasons, you know, Johnson maybe could take over for him. But yeah, I think that, you know, playing next to those two guys who are NFL veterans, Rodney Hudson, one of the best centers of the last decade, I think he could, that's going to help anybody. And I think it would help Zion Johnson as well. Yeah. And, you know, with, with how um, the trend is starting to look like it's moving towards wider receivers being quarterback light, where they're going to get paid a lot of money after their rookie scale contract is up. Teams seem to be wanting to reach for them maybe a little bit higher than they used to because of w- what I just mentioned. If Zion, if this wasn't such a wide receiver rich draft, is Zion Johnson going higher than 23? Like I've seen, and you do an NFL draft podcast as well. So maybe we can talk about this. Like I've seen mock drafts where he's going to Philly at 16, mm-hmm. to Baltimore right around there. Like, do, do you think that there's a good chance that he won't make it? To 23, even though this is kind of a wide receiver rich draft, which five receivers could be taken before the 23rd pick. I think there's a decent chance that he doesn't make it. I think that, you know, Philly is a possibility. I think the Chargers are a big possibility because that would allow them to kick Matt Filer from left guard to right tackle, which that solves two needs for them. Um, a lot of people thought the Steelers would be interested. Uh, as a Steelers fan, I don't think they will be because of all the money they committed in the offseason to uh, re injure to a rebuilding the interior. Uh, the Patriots at 21 are a possibility. Uh, they don't really have anybody at left guard right now and they don't, really, and then they have to move somebody, but anyways. Um, and then I think the Packers are just, they need wide receiver so badly as well. I don't think it's a likely possibility, but you know, it, the Packers have shocked us before, let's be honest. Um, so I think there's a decent possibility, but, and I, I actually kind of disagree with you about the value of taking receivers highly in the draft. I'm kind of moving the other way because I think you're able kind of in the inverse offensive line, you're able to find really talented wide receivers on day two and three of the NFL draft that I don't think unless a prospect is really like elite and has super minuscule flaws, I wouldn't really like a lot of the rest. A lot of the receivers in this class have, you know, kind of one or two like major flaws. And it's like, oh, you know, they might not fit in certain schemes. So for that reason, like I wouldn't be super jazzed about taking almost any of the receivers that are in the top five, you know, or so around this position in this class. Yeah, no. And that's, and, and like, I, that's more what I adhere to, but I feel like what we're gotcha. seeing, okay. that's the trend that like, you're going to have. And it's so weird, like with the Debo Samuel thing. And then, you know, the AJ Brown rumblings, even though they're probably not, probably not true. You have a four year window with a good player before they're going to want out. If you don't want to mm-hmm. pay like that, that's where we are now. So it's like, well, there's a couple different schools of thought. One, you could be like Kansas city and be like, listen, I'll trade. We'll trade Tyree kill and then just draft a wide receiver or two in the first round the next year and do it all over again and try to hopefully win a Super Bowl before you got to pay him again. It seems like paying wide receivers is a fool's errand for the team that drafted them, but it works 
for other teams that haven't had them yet. And, and it's just like it we're we're in a we're in an interesting time when it comes to wide receivers specifically because they've sucked out all the money that running backs get. And it's so I mean, there's so much of an ecosystem like um I don't know, like there's gotta be a good quarterback, a good offensive line. Like you have to have an, at least another good receiver on your team. So you're not bracketed by safety or double teamed all game. Like it's, it's wild how many things need to be there for a wide receiver to thrive yet. They're getting 25 to $30 million a year now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't know. It, it's wild. Yeah. So back, back to Zion Johnson here. I, I, I do want to <laughs> ask you about the, about the man. Mm-hmm. So I watched a good morning football interview. Just, just seems like a smart, level-headed, good dude who's exemplary in football. Give me a little insight about him as a person. Yeah, so Zion Johnson's super interesting because he came late to football, so he didn't play football really until high school. He's actually a golfer, and he said that he hasn't played in a while, but he said that like his handicap is around plus three, which is pretty incredible, especially for a guy who's built like that. Yeah. But when he started playing football, he was basically playing in like a triple option offense in high school. So he was a really light guard, and he wasn't really recruited. He was a zero-star recruit. So he ended up going to Davidson, which is a liberal arts school in North Carolina. They didn't have, I think it's D2. They didn't have scholarship football and they were playing around like a wing T offense. So he's playing at around like 265 um, and he's playing uh, tackle there. And so what happens is, is after a few years, his coach leaves to go to BC to become their offensive line coach. And says, Hey, come with me. Like, I think you can play there. So he does. And he comes up to BC, and by the time the season starts, he's about up to 290 pounds. And they start the year kind of rotating him in at left guard. That year under Steve Adazio, they're running a ton of gap power schemes. So almost every play is Zion Johnson's pulling and just decleating people. And about halfway through the season, they lose their quarterback, and they're saying, all right, we're going to shift our running game to just pure run the ball. And they put Zion Johnson's starting lineup. And BC is just crushing opponents. They ran for a combined over 500 yards against Syracuse that year. And a big part of that was putting Zion Johnson lineup because he just unlocked their ability to get so much uh, movement in the run game. And so next year they move him to left tackle. They have a new coaching staff, new offensive line, new uh, blocking system. And it's a bit of a struggle early in the year as he kind of adjusts to playing left tackle. Obviously it's difficult, but by the end of the season, he's comfortable playing there. Like he's not, you know, being exposed for being a shorter offensive tackle. And they basically, Jeff Halfley said in an interview said, you know, that year we just wanted to get our best offensive lineman in the hardest place. Cause like, that's what we needed to do to protect mm-hmm. our quarterback. And they also had another entry to their previous left tackle. So that was kind of part of it as well. But you know, then this year he moves back to left guard and he's absolutely dominant. Uh, first team, all ACC, uh, all American player. And all this while, you know, he comes from Davidson, which is a very high, highly ranked liberal arts school, comes to Boston College, one of the better colleges in the country. And uh, he gets a master's in cybersecurity, governance and policy, which is I couldn't exactly tell you what that means, but it sounds impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it does. That's wild. That, that's a great backstory. And the golfing that I heard about the golfing thing, it's like. Man, there's a lot of golf courses here in Arizona. Um, so you, so you, you do a podcast for the NFL Draft. So let me, let me give you, let me give you your text one more time. I want to ask you what your perfect fit for the Arizona Cardinals would be at 23. Mitch Wolf at Mitchell T Wolf on Twitter, as you can see on the screen. What writer and scouting analyst for BC Bulletin and Around the Block as my laundry finishes. Host of Around the Berg and uh, Fired Up NFL Draft podcast. Who do you have the Cardinals taking at 23 overall as the best fit for them? you know, in the middle of the first round. As of right now, I am still on the Zion Johnson train there. That is my pick right now. I might be moving off of it because I think he might go earlier in some of those mm-hmm. picks that I mentioned. So if he's not on the board, and I also think most of the wide receivers will be gone, 
I think Kyrie Elam could be the pick. You know, I think mm. that they have a really big need at cornerback. I think Kyrie Elam allows you to come, he can come in immediately, play man coverage across, I guess, kind of across from Byron Murphy. I'm not sure if he's playing mostly in the slot or outside anymore. Um, but, you know, that's something where they've really had an issue since Pat Pete left. So getting that guy that can come in and, you know, be a reliable man corner on the outside, that's something else they could really use if Josiah Johnson is not there on the board. Killer. Great information, man. At Mitchell T. Wolf on Twitter. Mitch Wolf, thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yep. And that's it for me. I will check you guys on Monday. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Make sure to make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, Eric Crocker, you know the drill. 30 minutes every day. They're going to break down this NFL draft like none other. I was Lancey, Locked On Cardinals. I will talk to you Monday.